0: Hello, everyone. It's John Byrne with Poets & Quants. You are listening to Business Casual, our weekly podcast with my co-host, Maria Villa and Caroline DeArcy Edwards. We're going to talk about the impact of moving overseas if you are a newly minted MBA. There's a study out by professors from the Wharton School, the London Business School, and Utrecht University uh, on this. Uh, the professors surveyed over 1,300 MBA grads who have pursued international careers. And here's what they found. If you are an MBA who has moved internationally once or twice, you will likely get less pay growth compared to those who have stayed put. However, you might very well be a super global. And a super global is an MBA grad who has moved more than four times internationally and and those folks have actually seen substantially higher pay growth. Caroline, you've you've moved around more than anyone else after getting your MBA at NCIAD, of us three. So I wonder what you make of this.
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting article, and um, very interesting that the, the researchers found that with fewer moves, uh, there was a less positive impact on pay than for those super globals who had who had several moves so i mean having moved around a lot as you say i think that if you have those opportunities you are building a differentiated skill set where you've demonstrated your ability to to integrate into a new environment to work across cultures and so more of those opportunities come your way so i can see how Uh, multiple moves can make someone very attractive to an employer. Mm. And I, I also think that people who get those opportunities to move multiple times, a bunch of them will be on some sort of expat track, right, where they are working for a company, and they are extremely successful in their role. And those are the people who get picked for the overseas assignments, because overseas assignments are often more challenging, right? And Big companies have do have experiences of people of moving people around the world and it not going very well, right? And uh, because there's a lot of factors that play into it, uh, people's ability to be flexible to adapt it could be language skills as well. It's also um, they may have family who are coming with them, and sometimes family factors can can be a positive or a negative when someone is moving internationally. So, so if you are someone who is very successful, you get an overseas assignment, if that goes well, then they're going to offer you another plum job in another country. And so you build up that experience over time. So I think with those super globals, it's it's a combination of, they were probably people who were identified as, as high potential early on in their career, and therefore they were offered those opportunities to move. And then when they did well in those different opportunities, in those different roles, then they, they had further opportunities to, to move. So, and of course, if you're an expat, then you are probably earning more than you would if you had stayed in your home country, because you are often getting additional benefits, housing. Um, if you have kids, they'll often pay school fees, uh, You know, it's often a very lucrative deal where people are able to um, take home a much bigger chunk of their salary than they would if they had stayed in their home country.
0: Yeah, true. And I'm also thinking that to be a super global is relatively rare. I mean, then you would be identified as a true global executive if you've worked in four different international locales or even more than that. And there aren't many people who have that kind of experience working in four or more very different cultures from each other. And so I would think that, you know, that 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 provides a lot of value to a global company uh, and that value has to be recognized by higher pay growth. Now, Maria, you also have worked abroad during your career were you paid a lot more or a lot less?
2: (laughs) So when, when I was, uh, moved, I actually was on one of these aforementioned expat packages. Uh, and so I was moved from the Latin American division based in Miami to Hong Kong, where I worked on big projects. I was based in Hong Kong, but I was working on projects in India and Taiwan. And I did actually get a big, I got a, you know, I got a bump up because of the housing allowance, as as Caroline mentioned. So I got a housing allowance. Um, and then also one thing that we were chatting about a little bit, this is a very sort of uncommon, perhaps loophole that may not apply to everyone. But, you know, before we started recording, John, you mentioned this sort of the tax implications, like yeah. if you're living overseas, you get a break on your U.S. taxes. And I just so happened to be, you know, at the time Hong Kong had a I believe it was a 16 percent flat income tax rate which was not a bad thing at all. It was really nice. And by the way, it was really easy because the government would just send you a bill at the end. Like you didn't have to fill anything out. It was side note for the IRS in case anyone's listening. like, it's so much better. I don't know why we don't do that here. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, I definitely I definitely at first had a huge benefit because I was on one of these aforementioned expat packages. And I think one of the things that the study, if, if the people who did the study want to continue this research, which I think is really interesting, it would be really useful, I think, to divide it out into people who made these moves within one company, let's say, where the company itself is saying okay we want you to move to this other region uh and then you know because if you then move back to say the headquarters and now you can manage four different regions globally from the HQ or from some sort of you know main office now you're that much more valuable to the to the larger to the larger company i would i would wonder if sometimes some of the 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 decreases that they that they found might be if, if people move from one company to another where, you know, you you then have to reestablish that political capital and reestablish that reputation. And maybe the next company, the next, yeah, the next company in the next country might not appreciate what you did elsewhere.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, because, you know, as an expat, you're you are given Benny's perks uh, that more often than not uh, really are pretty significant when you add them all up. I know when I went to London, I had a cost of living allowance. I paid virtually no US tax, only a little UK tax. So most of my income was um, free. I had a very lucrative expense account that I can use for pretty much whatever purpose I wanted. Uh, And uh, in, in one swell move, I really worked, it worked out really well for me. Uh, in the three-plus years I spent in London early on in my career. And Caroline, you, you've you been, uh, let's see, you've worked in the UK, Indonesia, India, and the United States. Do I get them all?
1: And France.
0: <laughs> and France, exactly. So you are super, super global to me. And and the study mentions something else. They, they call it the three P's and it's it's really a good lens to view an international opportunity with. 3 Ps are personal enrichment, professional opportunities and pay. So while it may be true that if you only have one or two assignments overseas and you aren't an expat being moved there by a company with a lucrative expat package, it it could well be that frankly the personal enrichment and the professional opportunities you gain from that global experience far exceed the pay, uh, in terms of their value for your own professional development, I'm, I'm imagining that in both your cases, certainly in mine, uh, there was no question about the personal enrichment and the professional opportunity I was given by moving abroad, which really played a very important role in in my professional development and my personal development. And even though the pay worked out, uh, frankly. Uh, the, the greater benefit, the greater value was in that enrichment, in that opportunity that occurred. I'm sure that was true of both of you, right, Caroline?
1: Yeah, I've hugely enjoyed the different places where I've worked. And in addition to those countries that you mentioned, I've also done sort of extended assignments in Switzerland and Germany and Singapore. And I've loved my time in uh, learning about different countries, uh, working with teams from very different backgrounds it's it's a big learning curve right so it's not for everyone it, it is often very challenging and it may be especially if you move to a country where you're not fluent in the language or it's just a, an incredibly different culture you may have some a period of adaptation where it's not easy and you may rock up at a country and not know anybody to start with and not have any friends and you have to reestablish your social network as well as your professional network so so there's definitely it's it's not a it, it, it's not uh, easy all the way. It's certainly, um, you know, there are, it, it can be quite a roller coaster when you're working outside of your home environment, but in, it, definitely incredibly rewarding. And I've greatly relished the opportunity to, you know, live in a country and really immerse myself in a different culture. And I find that absolutely fascinating. And and I I had studied languages um, at universities. My major was in in French and German with the aim of of being able to work in in different countries. And and so that's something that was sort of part of my goal and uh, goal in life from an early age. Um, And I can't imagine going back to the UK. To me, it's much more interesting to live in a different country and, and to, to be uh, an observer of, of all those cultural differences and also, you know, have the opportunity to discover so much and, and meet people who I would, wouldn't otherwise have met. So it's, it's, I would agree that the, the personal enrichment side, which also then can fit into your career, right? There's often great benefits, as you said, of having that international experience and, and proving yourself in a very different environment that is often highly valued by employers.
0: And it is an adventure, right, Maria? I mean, I imagine your Hong Kong days were days you look back on incredibly fondly.
2: A thousand percent. i I missed living in Hong Kong tremendously. I I think, you know, I I will always be grateful uh, to to the company for sending me to Asia. That is something that I would have never had that opportunity otherwise. Um, You know, I had been living in Miami, but working in Latin America. And for someone to take someone with my background, I had no... Asian language experience, Asian back. I had never even been to Asia on vacation. Uh, And so for them to move me there was, was quite a, was quite a experience. And I loved it. I loved experiencing the culture in that deeper way. Uh, And I think there's also, you know, Caroline touched upon this, this idea of like, you develop so much resourcefulness when you are suddenly in a country where even things like opening a bank account or renting an apartment uh, where you just sort of take it for granted, like, well, this is how I do it. I go to the place and I, you know, and and it was it's every little thing is so different. Getting a cell phone, uh, you know, everything is so different, and so you suddenly find yourself having to negotiate things and and teach yourself things, and you know, if you don't even speak the language, so much harder. Um, but then you also are thinking, wow, I I am a lot more resilient and a lot more independent than I thought I was. Uh, so that also comes with a, a sense of accomplishment, and of course, the people that you meet and the cultures that you learn about, and. It's just so expanding in so many ways. So I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for the world, even if they would have paid me less, but don't, don't tell them that. Uh, <laughs> I, still, I still would have done it.
0: <laughs> agreed. You know, I mean, there is a dance in business, and the dance is crucial to getting things done. And in each country, that dance is different. Sometimes differences are subtle, uh, sometimes not. But to have worked in different cultures in business is to have experience in different ways that people do business. And I I think that's extremely valuable because if, if you um, become good at that, you become incredibly flexible. You're, you're like the utility uh, player in a, on a ball team. If you can play all kinds of different positions, you have greater value, even though you may not play each position as well as someone who's always been there. And uh, there is real value in that. And again, I, I think even beyond the value for a company, the greater value is to your own personal development and the friends you meet,
2: and even even professionally. I I remember when I moved to India and we were looking to set up uh, what is today known as Tata Sky. So it's like a satellite TV company, like a Direct TV. Uh, and and there was this big question of you know India is such a vast region and how are we going? To, are we going to set up individual shops in each of these one thousand cities across the town. And and I remember that when I was working in Chile what they had done is they had this sort of a van that would go from village to village to village because Chile is not nearly as large as India geographically, but it has these very remote mountainous towns. And so I was able to, to bring that idea from one market to another that I don't know that they would have come up with that on their own. Um, and we're even seeing, I mean, entertainment is, is one of those, you know, environments where you can see it so often where, you know, you see it's you know, uh, shows like Squid Game on Netflix that are brought over that have become sensations in other countries, uh, or you see a company like Mercado Libre, which is a the Latin American eBay, which is now you know this high flying stock. So I think this kind of cross pollination, uh, even if it doesn't pay off financially in the immediate term, you get this sort of cross pollination of ideas from going to different markets and seeing what works in different markets and and what are the similarities and what are the differences and what are the opportunities. Uh, and I think the a savvy, resourceful person can really make a lot with those observations.
0: Yeah, definitely. This conversation also reminds me that way too often, applicants and students make a simple calculation about the worth of an MBA that is so wrong. And that is this. Uh, they look at what the starting salary is uh, after you graduate and they measure ROI, and they measure the worth of the MBA on that first number that people gain after they graduate with the degree. And the truth is, um, more important than that number is your own personal growth. And your personal growth occurs in the program, but it also especially occurs with the knowledge and skills and connections you gain in the program that you then use in the world of work. And you know, personal growth is as important, if not if not more important, in those early jobs, I think, than the actual compensation you receive. And yet we give little to no consideration of that when you're applying for the MBA or even when you're a student and you see your colleagues going after, you know, the $175,000 starting salary, McKinsey, Bain, BCG, uh, with a thirty-five thousand dollars signing bonus, and you are saying, "Oh my God, how can I how can I take this job that I know I really want when I can pay down all my debt in a couple of years with a salary like that?" Uh, but personal growth is super important. How do you measure it? How do you how do you even think about it when you are a student or an applicant and you are thinking about what are you going to do when you get, actually get the degree and you and you do your first job? Caroline?
1: I think it's very important, as you say, to go through that reflection process. And I think it's really worthwhile doing that before you get to business school, because once you're at school, you can get swept up by the feeling that everyone is going for the, uh, you know, the high paying private equity job or the uh, role at McKinsey. And maybe that was not something that was your heart's desire beforehand, but it's hard not to get swept along with the crowd if a lot of people are targeting something that seems more popular and perhaps more glamorous than what you had initially intended to do. So I I think it's really worthwhile um, doing that deep reflection before you apply to think about what it is that you want to get out of your career and and think about it over time, what you want to do when you graduate, what you want to do in the medium term, what you want to do in the longer term. Uh, And because I think at that point, you will probably be maybe it'll be easier for you to, to think about you know what are the, what what are the values that you are that, that are really important to you and what is driving your your motivation for your career um, and for sure you will go through a transformation when you're at business school and your goals may change but I think it's it, it, it's useful to have an iterative process of, of reflection um, which you start way ahead of getting to campus so that you um, have a strong sense of what it is that you are aiming for, and what is the right thing for you, and don't don't sort of go down the wrong the wrong route. And the, the great thing as well about having the MBA is that even if you do get swept along and you take that fabulous, glamorous, high paying job when you graduate, you don't have to stay there forever, right? No, you uh, you have um, so many options to change um, careers uh, later on, and and it, it's a it's it's a credential that will open doors for you throughout your life, um, not just when you graduate. So um, you can, if you do take a step that turns out to be not the not the right one for you, it's fine, right? I'm sure there's a lot you can learn from it, and you can move on and and do something else. And there'll be lots of other great opportunities waiting for you. And I think the MBA just gives you the 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 comfort that you can take a risk because. If something doesn't work out, if you go for a job that for some reason it doesn't work out, then you um, still have a fantastic resume and you have a fantastic network and you can open doors that might not otherwise have opened. And I think if I hadn't gone to business school, I mean, I'd moved to France before I went to business school, but I I sometimes think, you know, how my life would have been different if I hadn't gone to Incienia. And I think I probably would still be in France. I had no particular desire to go back to the UK. But I think it would be unlikely that I would have left Europe had I not done the MBA. And, um, you know, that's hard to imagine now because so much of my life has been about living in Asia and different places and now in the US and it's been so much more enriching than if I if I hadn't, hadn't done that. So it opens lots of doors that you, you know, you can't even anticipate um, when you're in your
0: 20s. So no remorse for Caroline, how about for Maria? <laughs>
2: I mean I, I I probably shouldn't have left this job that I loved so much in Hong uh, I, was, I was I was I was I was actually warned that I was going to regret it and the, uh, the person that warned me of that was right on some on, on many levels uh, no but I think as Caroline was saying I think going into business school with a sense of what your values are and knowing that you will undoubtedly have to make some trade-offs at some point point. and before you're in that crucible moment, going in prior to that and saying, okay, if I am faced with a choice and I have to choose X versus Y, salary versus location, uh, you know, growth opportunity versus stability, entrepreneurial excitement versus, you know, the large company day to day that won't be, you know, that will probably be a lot less uh, you know, <laughs> will have a lot less twists and turns, but you know, there, they're definitely, there's, there's no right or wrong, right? It just depends on on who you are and what you want, and so sort of thinking in advance, where, what am I going to prioritize, and if I'm given a choice between X and Y, how am I going to make that choice? Uh, I think that's that's really beneficial, um, and so yeah, I think the international. You asked, you know, how do you measure? The personal growth element it's hard to do before you you've actually done it but i think afterwards you can say well how would like yes you know, caroline mentioned a second ago how would my life have been different if i would have never left france you know for me how would my life have been different if i would have never left miami you know and, and it, it doesn't take a lot of thinking beyond that moment to say like oh yeah no actually it was completely worth it for me to to expand my horizons and uh, get that extra that extra experience
0: that's so true Well, there you have it. The impact of moving overseas on MBA pay. Sure, the study may find that it could actually hurt your pay prospects by moving internationally. Um, But, you know, uh, if that is in fact true in your case, you got to think about the other two Ps personal enrichment and professional opportunity. And you got to know that those other two elements of satisfaction and growth are going to more than make up for whatever. Uh, slower growth in pay you might experience. And if you are a super global, uh, it won't matter because, uh, the study found that you will get significantly higher pay growth. Interestingly enough, the study doesn't really give us any numbers, which actually is kind of unsatisfying to me. Um, but it is interesting nonetheless. So look it up, MBA pay, the impact of moving overseas, It's on the Poets and Quants site. Uh, It's had over 35,000 readers already, uh, and maybe you're already one of them. And in any case, we hope you enjoyed our discussion. Good luck to you and your MBA journey. This is John Byrne with Poets and Quants. You've been listening to Business Casual.